Across the Margin Podcast. I am your host, Michael Shields. Across the Margin Podcast is part of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to osirispod.com. Check out the eclectic and growing group of podcasts they have to offer. That is osirispod.com. I believe we have a first here today on the podcast. As today's episode marks the first time on the program we've had someone on, I would describe as a true businessman. While many of the authors, musicians, artists, filmmakers, and activists that have been on the show are business people in their own right, today's guest is an entrepreneur at heart, and one I'm sure you're going to enjoy learning more about. On the program here today is entrepreneur, author, philanthropist, and prominent thought leader, John Hope Bryant. John Hope Bryant is the founder, chairman, and CEO of Operation Hope the largest nonprofit provider of financial literacy and economic empowerment services in the United States for youth and adults. The last five U.S. presidents have recognized his work, and he has served as an advisor to the last three sitting U.S. presidents from both political parties. He's responsible for financial literacy becoming the policy of the U.S. federal government and has been named one of Time Magazine's 50 leaders for the future. He has received hundreds of awards and citations for his work including Oprah Winfrey's Use Your Life Award and the John Sherman Award for Excellence in Financial Education from the U.S. Treasury. John recently wrote a book entitled Up From Nothing, which the themes and ideas and lessons in it will be the focus of our discussion. Up From Nothing is the inspiring story of his rise from humble beginnings and that of his parents and grandparents. And it sets out to display how individually we can change our mindset from survivor to thriver to winner and move beyond just getting by or being financially independent to becoming wildly successful. In this interview, John and I discuss American optimism while expounding upon how valuable a positive mindset and believing in yourself can be. Brian also shares his five pillars of success, which are a roadmap to success he believes every American should have access to. And ultimately, the podcast and our conversation celebrates the idea that America will be a much stronger, and happier place if we were to make the effort to invest in each other's successes and well-being. I can honestly say that I grew from reading John's book and was inspired by not only his story, but all the good he does with his business endeavors. And I know you will enjoy this conversation as we discuss both. So now, here is my interview with John Hope Bryant. Podcast. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Sure. No problem. Yeah. No, thanks for your interest. Of course. Inspired by your story, uh, your work with Operation Hope, and uh, your latest book is great. Uh, great. So uh, to um, jump right in, I've really, uh, you know, I found it, it really welcome, the, um, you know, the optimism you have in, in regards to the country. And uh, you mentioned in the onset of the book that you, um, you want to focus on talking about all the good about America and make it work yeah. for us all. And I love that. And yeah, I think it'd be fun for people to hear, you know, what that good is you, you're speaking of when it comes to America. Well, we're a dreamer nation. Mm. 
um, we, we, you know, we came up literally in this country, literally from nothing. Um, and, uh, we have stains on our democracy, slavery being the biggest stain, uh, of course. Uh, but we are at least attempting today with the social justice reckoning on black America that started last year, beginning people of goodwill are beginning to try to address this 400 year old wrong, uh, as well. Uh, this country, um, has many problems, but, uh, she's the best country of any place that I've seen, uh, in the world. And it's the only place where people, a person like me, I believe where my story could exist, where I literally came up from nothing, uh, with no family ties, no social fabric, no relationship capital mm. to, to, be a guy who's advising presidents, heads of state, and b- dealing with folks at the top of business, industry, society, et cetera, and running substantial enterprises and employing a few hundred people. Uh, my story, I think, is every business owner's story. You know, America is a place where we rejected royalty so much in our desire to democratize opportunity, we actually had to create our own royalty, which is celebrity. Mm-hmm. Celebrity mm-hmm. is an American creation. No doubt. I put that as also in the book. Yeah. Uh, we don't have royal classes and bloodlines here mm-hmm. um, because everybody gets a, gets, a, gets a chance to succeed. Uh, and in some ways, business is royalty in America. The business class uh, is how you come up. It, it, and anybody can go do that. Anybody can access that well of opportunity. And I just sent a note this morning to a friend at Goldman Sachs on a $10 billion social justice movement they're launching there. Well, when you think about that, Goldman Sachs was literally started by a guy named Goldman, a young immigrant, and a Jewish immigrant named Sachs, who sold not so interesting financial services uh, door to door in the early 1900s. Oh, sorry, the early, yeah, the, 20, the 20th century, early 1900s, and <clears throat> built this company that's now Goldman Sachs. And the irony was they could get, they could not actually get into the very office building that they now inhabit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Amazing. this story is told countless times over and over. So. I mean, basically, money is freedom. I mean, money is the opportunity. Money, well, it gives you freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of opportunity, freedom of movement. And anybody in this country, um, all things being equal, yes, can do it. Crucial. That's a that's a point of inspiration. So I think that sometimes we lose our business plan. Sometimes we forget our way. Yeah. We lose our way. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and I mean, you mentioned multiple times that you're not sure um, your bottom to the top story could happen anywhere else. As you just alluded to, you had a great quote about America that, that I just love. And it's uh, America is not a country. She's an idea. If we do not yeah. like the idea, we can simply reimagine it, which I think is just beautiful and, and speaks to the change that we, that we can, uh, uh, you know, make it happen. But also I just loved, you know, it, you, you focused a lot on, um, and you spoke to it just a little bit right there. The, 
the storyline that you feel like a lot of us are forgetting, um, you know, about how it was founded and the spirit and the optimism and, you know, the unity that, that really makes us special. And that was really, all that was, you know, it was really good to dig into in, 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 in these times. But um, there, was, there was a point I, uh, I loved in uh, Up From Nothing. It's when you were speaking to a, a group of working class people in Illinois and, and um, you were, it seems like you were taken back a little bit about how the, you know, one of the main things they wanted to kind of hear from you or get help with was with their mindset and with positivity. And yeah. after reading your book, I would just love to hear you talk some about the power of positivity and believing in yourself. Yeah. So if you think about, <clears throat> that, was, that, was, that was a faithful trip because <clears throat> some would say, oh, John, your work works with black people or maybe brown, black and brown people, or maybe just black and brown people in urban America, but it doesn't, <clears throat> it doesn't resonate. And maybe it works with middle-class people and maybe, 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 but you know, that doesn't work in uh, rural Republican conservative poor, struggling, white um, America, this Amish country. There's no way it's going to work there. Um, and, you know, I list, as I'm an optimist and all that, but, you know, I listen to people. I, I don't dismiss people when they talk. So when folks said that to me, I, said, I considered it for a minute. Well, maybe, maybe I am overly optimistic. Uh, maybe folks will dismiss common sense. Let me try it. And we went there and we found that they had the exact same aspiration as I had assumed. And this exact same frustration and the exact same problems in their family and the exact same things that they, that made them smile and the exact same things that made them frown and the exact same gripes as my black and brown friends in urban in uh, inner city America. And the guy with the MAGA hat in the front row who wanted to not like me, <laughs> um, he found that his arms went from folded and his, and his mouth went from clenched uh, to his arms consciously or unconsciously coming down in a relaxed fashion. Yes. And his smile, unbeknownst to him, covering his face. <laughs> and he found himself leaning in and leaning forward, and he found, he said, his words, not mine, he soon found his story wrapped up in mine. Mm. Oh, cool. And, wow. and at that moment, all of our differences fell away. Mm. Let, me, let me rephrase that. All of our so-called yes. differences yes. fell good. away, because a lot of our differences are manufactured. And I, go, I, I, I discuss this also in the book. Definitely. Uh, I discuss how the word white <clears throat> is a made up word mm -hmm. yep. from the early 1600s. Yep. And it was made up in America. Oh, yeah. Uh, by slave traders who did not want uh, poor black, poor and struggling blacks and poor and struggling whites to get together. To get together and get along. Yep. That, that was not an alliance that they hope for. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they created this, because we were both indigenous servants, we were both serving the man, mm -hmm. so to speak. So they created this uh, false 
narrative that they were white. Well, they, what, you know, this just proves the power of ignorance. They didn't say, okay, you're, you're wealthy like us, you're rich like us, you're a landowner like us, you're titled like us, which is class, which is what mm-hmm. would, would, would rule the world for hundreds, hundreds of years. They said you're white like us because that's what they could get away with. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's a lie they could get away with. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. hell, what, what good is that? What, what's that worth? You're white like us. <laughs> yep. um, and they said, oh, yeah, okay, we're white like you. Uh, and you're in charge of the black people. Oh, okay. Now we're in charge of somebody. Okay. That, I guess that means we're better than. And so that, that was a distraction. Yep. And we have been distracted ever since. We're still playing out today that false narrative. And that's what I think we disproved on the trip that I sent to the, that I went to, took to the Amish country and countless trips before and since. Yeah. That's so, that's so great. That actually, kind of brings me to what I, I really believe is one of the most inspiring themes um, uh, throughout the entirety of Up For Nothing, and it's how we are all stronger together, and that, uh, that America will, you believe, and I, I do too, thrive in a profound way if everyone was thriving. I love this idea, and so I'd like to ask, like, how can, um, you know, just to kind of put it in your words, how can we all benefit from everybody thriving, and how are we, to use uh, your words, uh, acting like idiots for holding anyone back. Well, I love math yeah. because it does not have an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Numbers don't lie. And, yeah. And, and the math is that enhanced GDP benefits us all. Um, when GDP gross domestic product increases mm-hmm. um, and democracy is, Fairly, and the opportunity of uh, democracy, of free enterprise, is fairly distributed. All boats rise. Mm-hmm. And to illustrate that point, a recent Citigroup report issued after my book was published proved that discrimination against blacks alone, just blacks, and just in the last 20 years, cost America not cost black America, cost America, GDP, $16 trillion. Insane. Uh, that is insane. That's with a T, trillion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's a, that's a levy, that's a tax mm-hmm. on all of us. That's a tax that, that, that hurts all of us. So if we just stop that, we just knock it off, mm-hmm. GDP will, will pop a trillion dollars a year. So even the racist, Backwards, I don't like black people, person, and that's fine with me. My my philosophy is it's it's okay if you don't like me. I like me. <laughs> even even that person benefits from a black person coming up. Yep, yep. Yeah, you even mentioned how if we eliminated the racial economic gap in the country, we could add one point five trillion again with the T to the economy. So it's not just all that that was lost. It's 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 what yeah. truly can be gained which is yeah. really remarkable to think about. And, um, yeah, it's also, you know, you kind of have these subdivisions in, uh, in the book and thrivers and winners and, uh, you know, survivors and that, that, you know, kind of desperate. And there was a great quote, thrivers and winners cannot insulate themselves from the impending explosion of survivors' desperation. So it does show yeah. that, you know, if, if certain people are 
falling uh, falling behind, it really can affect us all. And I just I, I wish more people really you know kind of took that to heart. Yeah. Well, I do believe that we're 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 in an inflection point right mm-hmm. now. I do believe that, Maybe. and I do believe that this is a reset. It's the moment in history, and I do believe we're we all have a shot here to to reset America. I mean, COVID, the the economic crisis, the cultural crisis, um, and I, I'm gonna do a video on this this week. Mm-hmm. Our new unannounced war with China, mm-hmm. which is an economic war that China has waged, been waging quietly against us to t- to unseat us as the sole superpower in the world. You know, America does really well when we unify behind, behind a, preferably an external, external foreign enemy. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did it well on 9-11. And I think once we realize that the real enemy here, the real culprit here is, is Russia, which is more of an irritant, uh, it, but to a large degree, China, mm. who wants our place in the world, I think that that can oddly enough be a unifying force mm. to get us to rally together and say, no, not on my watch, over my dead body. So now we realize, okay, we're better together. Yeah. And now every investment in a black and Latino or poor white or Native American Indian community, whatever, well, hell, that 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 just makes America stronger. We're just, we're just, we're just fielding a better team. Yep. And I think that's how we get there. Mm. When, when the color's not white, black, red, brown, and yellow, but it's green. Mm. That's how we get there. <laughs> I like that. You use that a lot in the book. It's great. And I like how you just mentioned, because I truly believe this. I, I mentioned it a lot. I, it's, you know, it's a good chance to reimagine everything. And that goes back to that quote about America that I love that you had. We can simply reimagine it, which is great. Um, I just love all the lessons in this book. And a lot of these lessons were passed down to you from people. Um, and you mentioned one life lesson from Harvey Baskin that seeded your belief as a winner. Now, uh, now, who is Harvey and what was this crucial lesson? Yeah, Harvey predated the internet. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we so, yeah, there's a lot of great leaders that were quiet and just were not very loud about how they moved yeah. that unfortunately predated the internet. And so we don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And Harvey Baskin's one of them. Harvey Baskin um, was, uh, today he'd be a billionaire. He was worth a couple hundred million dollars back then. <clears throat> and uh, he took a liking to me. He owned a restaurant in Malibu, Joffrey's restaurant, and he took a liking to me mm-hmm. and uh, took me under his arms, his tutelage, and, and paid me barely uh, mm-hmm. uh, to be his assistant. And one day, I tell the story in the book, We went, he and I went to dinner, and um, I was just pricking him for information, mm-hmm. just pulling it out of him, pulling it out of him. And... Um, the bill came and he gave me the bill and I was like, man, come on, man, you, you're the, you're the rich dude. Why are you, why are you giving me the damn bill? I don't, I don't have this kind of money. Mm-hmm. And he, sl- he slid it back my way. And I, I said again to him, look, man, I mean, we were pretty, we were pretty, had a good relationship. Yeah, I could talk good. to him very yep. candidly. Yep. Hey man, you know, what the hell you, you, yeah, you, you're the rich dude here. You're super rich. You pay me. Why are you sliding this bill to me, man? You pay it. <laughs> and and the, the third time he slid it over, he said, let me explain something to you. <laughs> you got to decide, young man, what you want out of this relationship. Do you want to pick my brain or pick my pocket? 
one laugh longer. Poignant. And I shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Paid that thing of that. And I pulled the bill back over yeah. to my side of the table and quietly paid it and didn't say another word because that was a, that was a teachable moment, as they say. Yeah. And one of many. I, I've had, you know, I've got a T-shirt that I wear often that says built by failure. Oh. And um, uh, that was uh, an example of how I have been over time built by failure. I love and, it. There's a great quote yeah. in your book that I think about often now. It's, uh, I learned to take the word no for vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great. That's really, really great. Um, yeah. So this makes me think about, and we got to get to it, and it's going to be kind of a loaded question. Anything you want to talk about when in, in regards to it, um, I'd just love to hear. But we have to talk about the five pillars of success as a kind of a cornerstone of, of the book. Um, yeah. So what, what are the five pillars of success and how can they, how can they help us? Yeah. So I wanted to give people something North of platitudes mm -hmm. in, in this book and, um, allow them, uh, if they were interested to dream the biggest dream imaginable for themselves with a business plan, because I keep saying in this book that America has forgotten her business plan. So I didn't want to just give people a negative. I wanted to give, I don't like problems that don't have a beginning and middle and an end. And so if I'm going to say we don't have a business plan, then I'm under some obligation, I believe, to offer one. And uh, I offer the three, three, five plan. Uh, three mindsets, the three mentalities, well, the three jobs. The three mental, the three, the three mindsets, and mentalities, the three different roles in any successful organization, mm -hmm. uh, or and or you know, company, organization, family, etc., and the five, what's called the five pillars of success. Um, and I boldly, but I think rationally, say that if you do three or more of these five things, you'll be successful. Uh, and if you do four or five of these things, you're going to be absolutely successful. Uh, and it'll be hard for anybody, even those who discriminate against you, to truly hurt you. Uh, and there it is. As much as education as you can shove down your throat. Yep. That's number one. Yep. <clears throat> Understanding the math of the matter, financial literacy, mm -hmm. import, export, you know, finance, wealth creation, small business, entrepreneurship. Difference between making money, building wealth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you, how do you um, come up? Number three, because money is in everything we do. Number three, uh, family structure and resiliency. Number four, self-esteem and confidence. Those two things are different. Mm -hmm. Self-esteem and confidence. One is external confidence mm -hmm. and confidence comes from your competence. So if you're competent about something, you can be confident about, you can gain confidence from that, but that, is, but that does not mean you have high self-esteem. Uh, and, uh, and then the last one is role models and environment. And role models, well, we model what we see. Environments, you hang around nine broke people, you'll be the 10th. So all these things, and so any three of, the, of those things will allow you to survive, go from surviving to thriving mm -hmm. 
you get four or five of those things and you go from, you go from, from, from thriving to winning. Thriving is like the creation of, of, of the middle class in this country. Uh, winning is, is, is folks who don't cash checks. They write them. Winners are builders. Yeah. So the, um, you know, they all, in, in, they're expounded about and in, in, in the book in full, the, um, education one really struck out to me. Cause I mean, it just, I love the idea as much as you could possibly handle, but it also pointed to the, the idea that, uh, you know, education could be found in many ways. And there was two instances yep. that really struck out to me. Um, you wrote as for tools of learning. I love books in particular. That's something I, I stand behind fully. Um, and it's, you know, readily at hand. And, uh, then there's a conversation um, you had with Quincy Jones, which was really telling to me. And she were like, how did you get so smart? And he just goes, uh, he responded, I'm just nosy as hell. And so, like, edu- right. education's out there at your hands. I mean, am, am I right? You did not have a college education? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, look but at I'm, that and then where you were able to get to. Yes, and I believe I can walk into any boardroom in any place in the world and respectfully stated, run circles around anybody in that room, PhD, master's degree, whatever uh, credentials they might have, because my practical uh, education Uh in this world uh, trumps, no pun intended, anything that they uh, have learned in a book. Uh, And I think both things are really important. The book smart and the practical application. But there's a lot of uh, really educated fools in this world who, uh, who think too much uh, really about how smart they are versus going and applying that in the real world and yeah. on, the, on the battlefield of ideas where ideas, I mean, and, and, and innovation without a customer next to it is not a business. Yep. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if your thing is so smart, if, you, if you're that good, I say, and go. Let's let's go. Let's go. Put it out on the <laughs> let's see on on the track and, and see, see how it goes. See how it goes. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. The, the um the also the the other one that really they kind of just struck me. They're all obviously very important, but the the section on self esteem and confidence. Um, you know, it just you know you were talking about how you found ways to you know get comfortable in your skin and the idea of total self acceptance. And I also talk. I was glad to see this. I talked about the idea of um you know, owning yourself as perfectly imperfect that, that, you know, that I was glad to see that in the book. And that brings me to a question I kind of want to ask, um, you know, kind of almost to close us out here, just cause you talk about, uh, resilience a lot. And, and you mentioned how, you know, you weren't always the way you were and, and, you know, you were more delicate and sensitive and struggled with self-esteem as many of us do. Um, and I was wondering yeah. if you could kind of offer us any advice on how you grew into a more resilient person or just, you know, how, how you think, um, you know, we can we can kind of gain that sort of confidence as we approach, uh, you know, business or even just living life. Yeah, I think that, um, uh, and I don't know if I expressly say this in the book. I infer it, but I'm not sure if I actually say it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, if I had any advice for the 20 year old me, uh, it would be ignore the noise. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of noise out here. <laughs> Uh, people with all kinds of opinions mm-hmm. about your life and what you should be doing and what you should not be doing and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and then people who criticize you uh, for what you're doing. I tell people all the time, I like what I'm doing much better than what you're not doing. Uh, but I used to have way too much respect 
for people's opinion uh, who hadn't done anything. And and I was all concerned about uh, their views uh, when in reality, I wouldn't want to be them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said, wait, wait a minute. I'm paranoid about Joe Blow, Jack Schmo's opinion about me, but I wouldn't really want to ever be them. So why am I so obsessed with their opinion? And in reality, the people who are complaining, uh, doing the criticizing, and were not people who were successful or who I'd want to emulate. All the successful people were so busy moving on their ideas, they had no time or interest in complaining. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for love in all the wrong places, had the wrong role models, and I, and I basically had low self-esteem. I had high confidence. I am the guy I'm referring to in the book. I had high confidence, but low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And, and I, would just, I would just remind myself, it's noise. It doesn't matter. Their opinion doesn't matter, right? You know, even a even a broken clock gets to be broke, gets to be correct yeah, right. twice a day. Uh-huh. Like it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, keep it moving, and uh, you know, over time, uh, you'll outrun your critics, and you will meet your success. Love it, love it. Yeah, no, uh, I really I couldn't recommend this book more. It's just there's so many stories in it. You, uh, you know, growing up in Compton, wearing a wearing a suit to to school the uh selling selling um or going to mexico to buy fila to sell sell back here the um the, the chapter on atlanta is great too great hat tip to a really great city that that uh can be kind of a role model for other cities and and you know to, to kind of how they do it so there's just a lot to chew so, on here which is great well you, you know you you are to be commended also your 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 own thought leader I mean, you've asked very unique uh, questions today. You've also had a very unique take on the book, yeah. which is the take that uh, mostly aligns with why I wrote the book. Oh, and uh, so I, I, I don't like easy interviews, and I don't, <laughs> I don't like the questions that are the same ones over yeah. and over again. And, and you've you've actually made this very very interesting, and it shows oh, yeah. uh, that you 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 get it. And uh, we need more people in the world like you. That, that, thank you for saying that. And just one last thing that I really loved. I love, uh, I always like to believe in, you know, when you're trying to do business and, and get yours or, you know, to just use a phrase that you can do it in a way that's, you know, still helpful. And I mean, everything you've done with Operation Hope really shows that. And, you know, you even write in the book, I wanted to prove that doing good is good business. And I think that means a lot. And so, uh, it was it was great to hear you expound more yep. about the uh, you know everything and up from nothing and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show here today. Thank you very much. Again. All right. God bless you, man. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. podcast is in the loop the legion of osiris podcasts osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love get in the loop at osirispod.com